Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. I'm Billy Newman. I'm here today with Marina Hansen. How you doing, Marina? Hey, Billy. I'm doing well. I really appreciate you doing a little morning podcast with me. And um, I think we haven't done it in a little bit, but I know we're going to do, we're probably going to do a few different things, but I want to do a race to 100. I think we're like 84 or something right now. Oh, uh, yeah. So we got like 15 or 16 more. Yeah, we should. I want to try and get, get up to 100 and get past that. That'll be fun. That's like uh, like an established podcast at that point. Yeah, 100 episodes. <laughs> yeah, we should. Uh, even though most of them are like silly. They're just me trying to put silly parts of it together like at the beginning like there's like big gaps it's like like five minutes while i'm in the other room trying to do something and like get it working <laughs> so it was fun though I, I really like uh putting together like the little podcasting stuff and it's cool too how it's grown over i think what we started in like 2015 or so so i think it's kind of cool how it's just for us like we've we've started doing a few different things and and uh and like different podcast projects and stuff like yeah the, the astronomy one that we do and the the outdoors one that we started doing that's kind of cool too yeah, I think it's really cool how much uh, your podcasting stuff has developed. It's cool. It's like I think it's a fun skill, and I always wanted to do uh, broadcasting stuff, so I, I like that that part of it. But, but it's fun. I like doing a uh, little shit. And thank you, Marina, for doing a little shit this morning. So we are going to talk about two photographs that uh, that went up on Instagram. I don't know a week or so ago, but one of them was from Crater Lake. I thought this was kind of a cool photo. But it was a really simple photo. I took that on the on the uh, FG20 over here back in what would it be like june of 2012 i was at crater lake and i was taking uh one of the other pictures that we see up here on the board of uh of like the whole the whole panoramic rim of crater lake i was trying to get that photo but in the daytime i shot uh just another film photograph but i really liked how deep the blues were uh and it was kind of interesting i'll pull it up here it was funny someone uh someone had mentioned maybe it's something that's known about it's probably like known as the crater lake tiki man but they say that like if you look at this sideways this section of rim the reflection makes like a little tiki man face i see the tiki man yeah right that's funny little eyes and nose yeah so it's probably been known about for a while people that stand there and be like hey it looks like a tiki man but it's kind of cool that's cool you got a photo of it i don't know if it's known as that or not but some some lady uh, on facebook said if you look at it sideways it looks like a tiki man that's funny and that's the first time i heard of that but yeah it's cool Looks like a little tiki guy, but that was at uh, at Crater Lake, and we haven't really gone there in a long. Have we gone there ever? We haven't. I've only been there once when I was a really little kid. Wow. I actually, barely remember. We should probably go up to Crater Lake a couple times. You know, that's one. Really it, cool. It's the national park in Oregon, the only national park, but it's also to me one of the least interesting places <laughs> uh, for for me to try and try for, and get around to. Yeah, for the only national park in Oregon, there are a lot of other spots that are uh, very beautiful. I thought there were a lot of other spots that are and really probably cool. Probably a little more interesting for where you can get around to. Or as yeah. I understand, it's a little more limited. And it is. It is pretty. It's really pretty limited. There. But that's, I think, maybe part of the nature of a lot of the national parks. I bet a lot of locals to a state might say that their national park is like limited in some ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe not that. But uh, but I th- you know Crater Lake is really cool and it is super stunning how it's like just like such a perfect circular lake in the mountain. Yeah. With like the with the cone of the, the top of the mountain in, in the center of it. So all the story around it's really cool and it's interesting you can kind of get to it and see the whole national park in a pretty short circuit. But I think really as like square footage goes or like square mileage of park, I think it's a smaller national park because it's just like that rim, you know, it's just it's just Mount right. Mazama. Or like what would be like the base of that mountain. But pretty interesting. It was cool though. I had a fun time going up there. But we should go up there this spring sometime. Yeah, that'd be really neat. Check out.
check out Crater Lake for a little while. You know, there's probably a lot to do there. I know it's like overshot or, you know, it's over photographed. So sometimes that's kind of why I think about not doing that. Yeah. Because there's so many people that are going to be there and, and you know, working it and stuff. I bet there are some cool perspectives to shoot it oh, from. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or like that picture you're just showing me is a little different than other photos I've seen of it. I feel like Crater Lake is really, because of the type of feature that it is and the reason that it's cool, it seems like the way that it's shot is sort of from above on the rim. Oh, like sure. Like looking yeah. down and showing the whole shape of or most of the shape of the lake. Right, yeah. With the little mountain inside of it. Yeah. Which is a really cool shot, but I feel like that's really like the... The primary way I've seen that area photograph. We should take our kayaks there. That would be so cool. I'd oh, I think you can rent kayaks there. or something. I don't know. Maybe there's something like that. I don't know what the process is to get down to the down uh, to the water. Down to the water, the lake. Yeah. Let me need sure. to find out. But yeah, we should figure out when that's open. We should go go down there. Do yeah. a little tour. Do do whatever down there. We'll okay. find out what the access is. I'm not sure what it is, but I know people do go down there and they swim and they, they paddle around and stuff in the lake. Which should be really cool. To check out. Yeah. I've never done it. Yeah, so we should probably take advantage of it. <laughs> this is all the stuff we can do with that park. Um, so, okay, going to the next photograph. Uh, this is the one that came out maybe a day after. So, but this is a photograph from Page, Arizona. Do you remember being out there? I do. It was a cool spot. Unforgettable, probably. Yeah. But Page, Arizona is really cool. And, uh, and what is that? It's like the north border of Arizona as you right to at the, at the border to cross into Utah. I yeah. think even at a point we did cross into Utah. Like once we once we crossed this river, was this the Colorado River? I think so. I think it might be, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think once we crossed over the river, we were in Utah. But yeah, that southwest corner or that southwest section of the United States is really cool. It's super arid out here. I don't even think there's sagebrush growing on that. But you see the the eroded mesas. Uh, that uh, that were carved out by like the the river flowing through but it's really cool i like this area uh out by page but i'm not sure what that is it powell lake i think that's what it is you know it's kind of a famous spot there's a few famous photography spots in page arizona one of them is the antelope canyon that right. one that's like that, that real narrow slot canyon of sandstone that looks really pretty it's, it's really a beautiful spot but it's it's like run down with like 100 people a tour per hour right so i don't know for me it, it is and it isn't, you know, <laughs> there's like, there's other things besides the eight things that are said to be what are photographed. Right. You know what I mean? A little bit. Uh, but this, but this one, it really is another spot. You know, I didn't know about it at the time. We, we took our photographs here and then I think it was six months, maybe two years later at a job I had. And I was looking at a Mercedes ad of a guy in a suit with a nice watch, like standing next to his car and sunglasses. I was like, wait a second, what's that background? Oh, that's like all of Powell Lake and a Page, Arizona. Oh, uh, no way. Yeah, it was, it was like that same pullout that we went up to, but that, that's like a, 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 a spot, or at least it was for that moment. It was like a spot for a commercial shoot. And I've seen like a handful of other things up from, from that, that rim up there. As you, as you go up, I think you, you rise up in elevation a little bit, and there's a few pull-offs that you can go to the park and then kind of look out over the rim rock and the lake that's down below. But it was cool. I had a good time going up there. Yeah, that was a really beautiful spot. It was a, uh, it was interesting. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it, it had a lot to offer. Well, I, I always really liked like the high desert, uh, like southwest look of the desert like this, especially for photographs. And I really like it, uh, like when this photograph was taken. Kind of, it was. This is after sunset, and uh, this is looking to the east, and you see that that spectrum of atmospheres. It kind of goes up and gets lighter like toward the blue sky, but you see all that dust and kind of murk 
that's down in the atmosphere on the ground as you look out flat yeah. over a few hundred miles. And so you look out and you see that section where there is no more sunlight and it's just that dust has just turned to gray. But then you also see the gradient as it shifts over into the magenta and pink tones and then orange tones and then up back to like clear sky and blue tones. But it's kind of cool. I like that uh, that uh, sort of spectrum or that kind of coppery spectrum of, uh, of different colors that you see in the sunset. Yeah, that's a really cool time to shoot for high desert stuff when you can like really get the colors that are there. Oh, absolutely. It you seems know, like it's the high desert is really one of those more specific places where you have to be there just at the right time to get any of the colors. Yeah, it really seems to be that way. You know, that that makes a lot of sense for what we did just recently. Is, uh, we, we just did like a springtime camping trip over to Eastern Oregon, which is a different type of high desert than what we find out in the southwest. But this section of... Um, of that range in northern Nevada and southern southeastern Oregon, you get that high desert area uh, with a lot of rim rock, and but a lot of sagebrush, and uh, it's really a pretty arid high desert climate. But it was really cool. We went out there uh, like weekend before last, and spent like three days, I think. Yeah. You know, that's the first time that I've gone out there in March. Me cool. too. Yeah, it was neat being there so early. We got uh, we got lucky with the weather. Oh, yeah, we really did. You know, I uh, I was looking at that. I saw some people that were out there the week before. They said that they were they were pretty well served by the weather. They said that it got up into like the 60s and 70s on one of the oh, nice wow. days. Yeah, yeah, it got a little bit nice for them. Um, but for us, it stayed uh, pretty pretty comfortable, really. Like after the first day when we were there, we were just getting pelted oh, by wind. wind and stuff. That's the thing about it, which is great about it a bit, too, is uh, you get you get a number of pretty varied weather types during like the 72 hours that you're there, which I think is cool when you're thinking about it for photography because you get those different dynamics and you can kind of put those together with different lighting dynamics with the different ways that the clouds look or, and different texture dynamics, structural dynamics that the atmosphere sort of changes. And I really like that part about landscape photography is when you have the landscape and you're really adding in uh, some unique aspect to the atmospheric condition at that time. Yeah. I think that's part of photography of, of, of kind of capturing something that's... Um, that's kind of unique to that time of the place. And that's sort of, Definitely. that's the interesting thing I think about landscape photography is adding in, adding in those elements of color or tone or mood that you get because you selected a certain time of day or a certain time of year to try and get that aspect or, to, you know, just to get that, that part photograph. Yeah, that is a really cool part about it. Getting to be there during different times of the year. Yeah, I liked it. And, uh, you know, it's been tough because you're going out to Eastern Oregon in the summertime and the high desert, it's been pretty difficult because it's it's really hot and it's really flat and it's really white. Yes. It's, it's strangely like what Very we're talking about out. in Page. There's there's uh, there's the dust that gets kicked up in the air. And in the, in the day, it's just kind of white and murky. And then in the evening, it's a little bit red, but it's really uncomfortably hot. The sun's uncomfortably high and bright all the time. And so you never really get those uh, interesting sort of dynamics throughout the day. It's only like the last hour of daylight and the la and the first hour of sunrise. But like by 8 a.m. out there, it's just total exposure. And you remember that from being out in the desert too. So it's, that's an interesting part of kind of shifting over to the winter where the sun's a little bit lower or in the springtime a little bit like where we are now, where the sun's still a little bit lower in the northern hemisphere. But we have nice enough, bright enough weather that we can do a lot of landscape photography projects and it was cool getting to do it all in a short amount of time up in those hills looking out at heart mountain heart mountain's a stunning feature too that really goes against like even a lot of stuff that we might have seen in arizona um 
or the Southwest, it's it's kind of an un like it's an underknown feature of geography, given how interesting and how massive it is. Yeah, probably. I mean, Har Mountain is considered to be quite something, but but outside of Oregon, I, I doubt that many people would know about it. But it just seems like a really like whoa, wow, what this? When I tell people about my trips that I've done to uh, Heart Mountain, they don't yeah. know they don't know where that is. Oh yeah, which is surprising. Nobody goes it's to so Eastern impressive Oregon. looking. It's just flat land, and then just just straight up this huge, yeah. really expansive mountain. Yeah, it's weird those PNW vibes that we see about you know. Oh all the, yeah, that ends really at the Cascades. Yeah, it seems like that's where the focus is. Like yeah. that's what you're supposed to. Th- supposed to think of when you think yeah. of the pacific northwest waterfalls waterfalls only. and tall trees yeah yeah it's interesting which yeah. is a beautiful part of oregon it is but there's yeah, but so it's... much more and there's a lot more that i'd say is a little more interesting or more varied yeah there yeah there definitely is uh is a, a, a huge amount of geography that's way more varied than what what we give it credit for and some of the uh some of the short-handed marketing but it's cool. I'm glad that we get to go around and travel and check out all the cool, underknown Oregon stuff out there. It's it's you know it's way more known. I think now just even in the last five seven years because yeah. of all the the granular elements of social media that we have, like all the pictures that we put up from places, and then all the bajillions of other pictures that other people have put up from all of those different kind of more refined locations. We never had that that information before, even back in the early 2000s when we go out to Eastern Oregon. It was really separated at that time. That was really before the proliferation of the, the internet and before people had cell phones to kind of communicate back and forth. But when you go out to Plush or you go out to Riley or Wagon Tire where there's populations too, those people were not in contact with Boise and Portland. They weren't they weren't like hip centers. And so there's like there's just like a weird feeling when you get out there. Now nowadays it doesn't really seem to be that way. Or, you know, it seems to be like more integrated. So it seems like it's more accessible. Mm-hmm in a lot of ways i don't know i remember like one of the big things was like you go out and like you'd, you'd get coffee somewhere and immediately when you leave like even the smaller towns on the pacific coast side like on the i-5 corridor that was all kind of cal the californication it kind of spread up northward through what would be the state of jefferson in southern oregon and made a bajillion espresso shops or from from seattle down and from california up it seems like it pretty well took care of Oregon, <laughs> at least the populated areas of Oregon in the 90s and, and early 2000s. But man, as soon as you got over to Bend, even in Bend in 2000, that was a cowboy town. It's kind of, or at least it felt like that when I was a kid. And in comparison to the hip, sort of puffy jacket rock climbing culture that oh, yeah. seems to be proliferated there now, didn't seem to be that way a while back. It seemed to be like ranchers, like, <laughs> like cow herding ranchers. That's a funny way to picture Bend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Bend has been one of the fastest growing cities in Oregon, I think, for two decades. Or maybe it was the past two decades. But like the 90s and the 2000s, it got huge. It used to be about the size of Grants Pass. Oh, wow. I mean, I guess yeah, everything would have been. developed so much. Yeah, it really has. I think it's, it's, pushed, it's probably pushed over 100,000 people now. But I think for a while, it was, it was on the rise. And people were surprised that it went from like 40,000 to 90,000. In a decade or something, it was it was a fast expansion. Yeah, it's really interesting because I I feel like Bend is really like one of the known cities in Oregon now. Oh yeah, it definitely is. You know, it's strange too how there's. I wonder if like Burns, oh, <laughs> is, sure. ever, is Burns ever yeah, gonna take off like wildfire? <laughs> People are just loving Burns. 
I was wondering that, like when we were at a plush and you, you look around and you think, wow, like, is anybody ever going to move out here? Yeah. Is this ever going to blow up as like some, some big hub? I mean, it's on the highway. There's nothing out there though, but it just seems like, oh, it's weird how like this spot became huge and this spot didn't become huge. It's really strange how that goes. But all that we'll save for another podcast. Marina, thank you very much for doing this morning episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast with me. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Though. I appreciate you talking about these photos from Crater Lake and Paige and getting into our camping trip a little bit. Yeah. We're going to get into that more too. I want to talk a lot more about all the rabbit stuff we did and the camping stuff, the photo stuff. I have a bunch of those photos edited now too. We should oh, look at those. Great. I'll post them and we'll talk about them. It'll be cool. So, Marina. I appreciate it a bunch. On behalf of Marina Hansen, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast.